0: We are starting a new sermon series today. I'm so glad that you're here. We're we're, going to be moving to the book of Proverbs. And um, I don't know if you've spent time in Proverbs. I've heard it said that some people do their quiet times where they read something from the New Testament and then they read a psalm and they read a proverb, and they have that as part of their quiet time all the time. So they're constantly looking to the Psalms that lead in prayer and praise, and the Proverbs that lead in wisdom. And uh, we're going to hone in on Proverbs, and we've entitled it The Way of Wisdom, uh, the series. So, and you're going to see that it's about a path that's chosen. And throughout the book of Proverbs as we study it, again and again we're going to come back to There are going to be moments in our lives, many of them, daily, where we have to make a choice, wise or unwise. And it's the choices between wise and unwise that have shipwrecked people's lives. Choice after choice, choosing not to do what is right, not to do what is wise, and in the process, ending up with a mess that they're wondering, how did I get here? How did it get to the place where I have nobody to call? How did it get to the place where I have no family around me? How did it get to the place where I have no friends? And it seemed, or I have no money. There are story after story that stand as warning signs for us to choose wisely. Now, I want to take you back in a little bit of a history lesson as we start this series. And this week and next week are going to be introductory in nature. We're going to be in chapter 9, verses 1 through 18. But in 1937, cars are all the rage. People are driving vehicles throughout our country. In 30 years, it went from at the turn of the century where hardly anybody had a car. Henry Ford comes in, learns how to mass produce them, and now cars are everywhere. And in 1919 and 1920, there came the realization, we need laws. We need rules of the road. We need cautionary signs. People were driving on sidewalks and hitting pedestrians. Pedestrians didn't know not to step into traffic. No one was used to something driving 30 miles an hour. Ooh. And on top of this problem... As deaths begin to soar around vehicles, people are wondering if we should have ever had vehicles at all. Is this an evil from the gates of hell, this thing on four wheels? In 1937, we hit the height of deaths, 37,000 deaths in, uh, in 1937. In 1937, there were cars now being built that were going 55, 50 to 55 miles an hour at their top speed. And at this point, there are rules of the road, and there are signs, and there are cautionary. But you know what people are doing with those cautions? We had to learn to give these things called tickets for people to pay attention to the signs. People are ignoring the cautionary signs. So I'm going to do a comparison of 1919 and 1937. In 1937, there were 30 million vehicles on the road. Shocking. Shocking. That there were that many. 30 million vehicles on the road, there would be million500 vehicles by 2019. So just 10% of the vehicles, of the miles that were driven, there was 1% of miles driven in 1937 to so much more, 2 billion miles driven, 3 billion miles driven in Uh, 2019 so people are on the road way more and in 2019 there was a thousand less deaths than there was in 1937 the population was far smaller in the united states there was more people getting killed in auto accidents than there was in 2019 why what happened Cars drive faster now. People are on the road more now. People started paying attention to the rules of the road. And it dramatically changed the story. What's my point? My point is is that God has been putting road signs up for people since he began to speak. Stop, yield, caution. Caution. Consider what you're doing. And people have been driving past those signs and ignoring them for generations. And again and again and again, people find themselves in a mess that could be described as we ignored wisdom and now our car is upside down. As we look at Proverbs, today in Proverbs 9, 1 through 18, there's a very simple message Wisdom is calling to you, and folly is calling to you. There are signs being put in front of you saying, pay attention, heed what God has said, and there are signs being put in front of you, ignore what God has said, keep going in that direction. And the question is, who are you going to listen to? Who are you going to listen to today? Are you teachable? So let's turn to Proverbs 9 1 through 18. We'll read through the whole passage and use this lens of cautionary signs as an illustration, not only through this sermon, but through much of the book of Proverbs as we study it. Walk in the way of wisdom. Proverbs 9, starting in verse 1. Wisdom has built her house, she has hewn her seven pillars. She has slaughtered her beast. She has mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out her young women to call from the highest places in the town. Whoever is simple, let him turn in hear. To him who lacks sense, she says, come and eat of my bread. And drink of the wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways and live. Walk in the way of insight. Whoever corrects a scoffer gets himself abuse, and he who reproves a wicked man incurs injury. Do not reprove a scoffer, or he will hate you. Reprove a wise man, and he will love you. Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be still wiser. Teach a righteous man, and he will increase in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. For by me your days will be multiplied, and... Years will be added to your life. If you are wise, you are wise for yourself. If you scoff, you alone will bear it. The woman folly is loud. She is seductive. She knows nothing. She sits at the door of her house. She takes a seat on the highest places of the town, calling to those who pass by, who are going straight on their way. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. And to him who lacks sense, she says, stolen water is sweet, and bread, even eaten in secret, is pleasant. But he does not know that the dead are there, and her guests are in the depths of Sheol. Wisdom is calling to you. Wisdom has been calling to you. You already know it. You know what the right thing to do is in your situation, usually. Or you know where to find that wisdom. The question is, are you listening? Let's look at how wisdom calls. The author of Proverbs, Solomon, primarily, there'll be four authors at least by the time we get to the end of Proverbs. But in this case, Solomon chooses to use a woman as the mark of wisdom. And then a woman is the mark of folly. So he's using it as a, an example. There is this woman who has built her house. She has hewn her seven pillars. She has slaughtered her beasts. She has mixed her wine. And she has also set her table. She has sent out her young women to call from the highest place in the town. This woman, Wisdom, has planned, has prepared, has... If you know anything about a building and how you build... You start from the foundation and make sure that it's sound and make sure it's safe. And then you build up from there. And if you're you're a person that reads blueprints, then you're looking at those blueprints and making sure that it's square and that it's plumb and that it's level and that things work and the reveals on the door frames are correct. There's this great care being put into a building. Why? Wisdom has built a house with care. The woman called Folly later in this passage doesn't build the house. She sits there in the place that she calls home and calls people into it. Wisdom begins by preparing a place for you. There is a place of safety. There is a place of flourishing that wisdom is offering to us. And it starts by being described that this woman built her house She's hewn these seven pillars that are going to support this house. She's preparing a place for us to be invited into. She has slaughtered her beast. She has mixed her wine and also set her table. That means she is ready for the party. She is ready to receive you in. She is calling to us to come in and find that in her house, at her table, is life. Wisdom. When we live wise... We stop shooting ourselves in the foot and hurting the people that we love and we start to build relationships that last. Wisdom has prepared this place and repaired this table and then she sends out her young women to call from the highest places in town. What does that mean? That means that she wants everyone to hear. She wants it to reach to you. She wants people that whatever walk of life and any place in town, I'm preparing a table for you. Would you come and listen? Would you come and sup with me? Would you come and enter my home, this home called wisdom? Or would you continue to ignore wisdom, do what you want, and suffer? She's calling out. Wisdom has been calling out since God began to speak. And God began to speak early. As soon as humans failed, God began to speak and to give wisdom. And wisdom has been calling out ever since. And I wonder if there's a greater urgency today in the United States as The United States seems to be ignoring all of the wisdom that God has given. Not putting God at the center of things anymore, thinking we can do it our own way. Walk right past the house that God has built for them. Makes me sad. Whoever is simple, turn in. So this isn't a party for those who are already wise or who are living wise. This is a party for those who are struggling, who don't know the right thing to do, who are, who are, are you willing to listen and be taught? Now, who has a hard time being taught? I don't want you to raise a hand, but I'll add some things to it. Who has a hard time being taught from somebody who doesn't know you? Who has a hard time being taught from somebody who says it with the wrong attitude? Who has a hard time being taught from anyone? Who would rather continue to drive the wrong way and not even let Siri correct them? I know what I'm doing. I will not pull over. I will not change directions. Who is so sure that they're right they can't be taught? Wisdom is calling to you to leave your simple ways and live and walk in the way of insight. As we continue in verse 7, the wise are listening. In Proverbs there is going to be a two people in general that we're going to be studying. There's going to be the wise and the fool. And they're going to be given different names. We're going to get more descriptives as we go. But in reality, we're going to continue to look at people that live wisely and live foolishly. And when we say the wise are listening, there's a whole bunch of people that aren't. There's a whole bunch of times that we don't. We continue in our own wisdom and we don't listen. In verse 7, whoever corrects a scoffer gets himself abuse. And he who reproves a wicked man incurs injury. What does that mean? That means that there are people ready for the fight, and if you tell them they're wrong, they'll hate you for it. They'll turn on you. How dare you say you can see something in my life that's wrong because you have stuff in your own life that's wrong. Who are you to tell me? Doesn't the Bible say thou shalt not judge? Who are you to judge me? The scoffer, that's the name of the unwise person now, the fool. The scoffer, what does a scoffer do? Ah, I'm not listening to that. The scoffer is looking for a reason to not listen. And when you look for a reason to not listen, you'll find it. The scoffer Is trying to find if somebody comes to you with the right information at the right time in the right way, but they were partly wrong. The scoffer says, I'm not listening to any of it because they were partly wrong. The wise person, the person can come in the wrong way at the wrong time and be 90% wrong, but that 10% they listen to because they want to get better. Are you teachable? Or have you arrived? Can no one offer you insight? Can the scriptures, when you come to church, this is a good lens to look through. When you come to church, do you come to change? Do you come to grow? Or do you come to endure it and get home? What a waste when you come before God's word and say, I will not be taught. I will not change. The scoffer, when corrected, gives out abuse. And By the way, this is not licensed to go around and correct everybody. We have to show care and love and kindness and help it to be as palatable as possible. But we're here to help each other. And I don't want 15 emails today, but I want your help. Like, I want you to tell me where you see something, and I want to learn and grow. Don't you? Whoever corrects a scoffer gets himself abused. Whoever reproves a wicked wicked man incurs injury. Do not reprove a scoffer, or he will hate you. Stop trying. If the person doesn't want to hear it, don't go there. Let them go the direction they're going, and look for another, and pray for another opportunity to say something. If any of us here have adult children, you know what I'm talking about. If you have adult children, you have to wait, you have to pray, you have to be careful, and you look for the time when you can say something. And if it's not wanted, wisdom says shut up, for the most part. Do not reprove a scoffer or he will hate you. Reprove a wise man and he will love you. Really? Is there anyone here that will love the person that reproves them, that corrects them, that calls them out? Wisdom is calling, saying, if you want wisdom, you want reproof. You want correction. You want recentering. You want people to tell you when you're going the wrong way. You want people to tell you when you're on the wrong road. If you're driving through someone's garden, you'd like someone to tell you. Get on the road. I don't know if you know this or not, but people have a propensity to drive on sidewalks and in gardens in life and get off the road. We have a way of messing up our stuff, our lives, the people around us, And wisdom is calling. Give instruction to a wise man, and he will still be wiser. I love that. This is one of those to whom much is given, more will be given. When you're wise, you continue to grow in wisdom and hone it. You want people to tell you where you're failing, you want people to say things to you. My children are some of the best encouragement to me to grow. They have great insight into me because they know me better than anybody else knows me. They watched me at home, they watched how I lived. they got to, they had to question, "Is this Christian the way that my father is acting right now, the way my father is living right now?" But at the core of it, Jeannie and I invite our children to do that. Tell us what you see. Help us be better. And I find this great wealth of wisdom in my children. Have you seen that? It's a great old 70s song or maybe 60s. Teach your parents well and then it switches it around and teach your children well and then it switches it around and says teach your parents well. And I actually think that's right. I think we encourage each other and lift each other up and correct each other and that all of us here to, on some level are on the same playing field. We all just want to live wise and live Teach a righteous man and he will increase in learning. I want you not to miss that the wise man in Proverbs is talking about righteous and unrighteous. In verse 7, it says, Reprove a wicked man and incur injury. So the unwise man is talking about wickedness, and the wise man, we're talking about righteousness. This isn't just simply how do you build a car. Or how do you drive a car? This is about how we do life and interact with each other in a way that is right and righteous and builds. Wisdom is calling to us. Stop doing that. You're ruining your life. Will you listen? Verse 10 is the center not only of this passage, but the center of Proverbs And we'll see it again when we go back to chapter 1 next week. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. At the core of this discussion on wisdom, sometimes it'll feel like this is about wisdom at work. Sometimes it'll feel like this is wisdom in how I live. This is wisdom in how I interact with others. But all of it stems from the very beginning of the wisdom that we are going to be talking about throughout this series is a wisdom that has to do with God. Because God is the one who created us. God is the one who built us. God is the one who, for whom we live and have to do. He is the one who defines how it is that we function best. Now, I'm not good with cars. Like, I mean, I can't fix them. I don't know much. I look for people I can trust to fix my cars because I have no idea what I'm talking about. I, mean, I can tell you where the spark plugs are. I can tell you where the key goes. I can tell you. But don't ask me to fix it. I changed the starter one time when I was a young man. I will never do that again. Bloody knuckles and two tries, and I finally worked. But I'm not a car guy. But somebody who is a car guy knows how a car functions and can make it sing. I had a, a Toyota pickup that, uh, that had a wood that, that had no bumper on the front. It was a diesel Toyota pickup. I went in to get a new pickup, and I asked them what they'd give me, and they said, "Sir, we'll give you a hundred dollars and we're doing you a favor." So I gave it to my friend John Mosby, who is a mechanic who makes machines sing. And he went to Tennessee and spent two and a half years there being taught and he fixed that truck he put a four by four on the front for a bumper and he gave it back to me and it ran for three more years God built you God knows you you were created by him and for him and the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom because it's telling our Creator we trust you with our lives I may not understand why you're asking me to do this, but I know that if you said it, it's so because you built me. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. So it's not just a knowledge about our lives and a knowledge about what makes us rich or happy. It's about our relationship with God and that He is, as we grow in our knowledge of who He is, then we grow in our knowledge of why we're here and how we can function and flourish. If you want wisdom, seek God, fear God, come to know who He is. Verse 11, for by me your days will be multiplied and years will be added to your life. You're going to find this in Proverbs, that there are promises made that, you know, seem to be a little bit big. You know, the promise made that you're going to live a long time if you obey your parents. Well, is that always true? Is that like a promise or is that a proverb? In Proverbs, he says, in part, this is the way the world works. And if you understand that, you're going to function and flourish in this world and it will add days to your life. You'll have less stress, you'll have less guilt, you'll have less fear. I have watched how much work it takes to not work on a job, and how much stress is involved for the person who chooses not to work hard on a job, and how much anxiety that goes as they struggle to figure out how not to work and watch the clock and hoping they don't get fired, and hoping that they've got a future, and yet they're not investing in their future. And I would say that it is way easier to work. Wisdom. It adds life. That would say, stop trying to not work and apply yourself in your job. And I'm telling you, it'll add days to your job. I'm not saying you'll have a lot. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen in your job. I'm just saying in general, Wisdom is saying, you're going to enjoy your job way more. If you get your eyes off the clock and get back to work. If you stop playing games on your phone and get back to work. Wisdom. If you accept it, you will have, the days of your life will be multiplied. But I would also argue that those days will be better. They'll be days of flourishing, not days of struggle. Years will be added to your life. If you are wise, you are wise for yourself. If you scoff alone, you will bear it. Verse 12 is the argument that some people are going to leave here today, and they're going to choose to not be wise. They're going to know the wise thing to do, and they're going to say, I'm not going to do it. And verse 12 is saying, you picked. You know, you're going to hurt other people if you choose not wise, but primarily you're hurting yourself. Over and above anybody else, this is a choice that you make. If you're wise, you're wise for yourself, and you're going to reap the benefits of this. If you scoff, you alone will bear it. So that when the day comes that you chose to keep drinking and you're in the hospital and you go through detox and you get detoxed and you've got nobody to call because all the relationships have been burned up and you didn't listen to wisdom over and over and over and over again. Or if you're on a road and you're choosing to drive stupid and you're driving up on somebody to make some point that you imagine that they're going to feel and you end up in the ditch Or you end up in an accident, or you, God help us, cause somebody to die. You chose. You chose to drive angry. You chose to get drunk. You chose to turn to medicine. You chose, whatever your addiction is or your struggle is, you have a choice. Wisdom is crying out for you to make the right choice, but ultimately it's for you that they're crying it out. Choose well. Wisdom is calling to you. The wise are listening. The scoffers are scoffing. And finally, folly is calling to you also. What does that mean? There is so many choices out in front of you to ignore wisdom. So many people that would encourage you to. I remember when a friend of ours here at the church told the story of overcoming alcoholism he had all of his friends his best friends at the bar and he went back to the bar to say listen i'm i'm killing myself i need to give up drinking you know what his friends did have another beer we like you better when you're drunk we like you better when you're paying for our drinks And he not only lost his drinking, but he lost his friends because he found out his friends were crying out for him to continue down the direction that they had chosen. And how sad that all around us are people and culture that is encouraging us to choose folly. To choose death. To choose failure. So just as The author of Proverbs describes wisdom as a woman for illustration. He also describes the woman folly. The woman folly is loud. She is seductive. And she knows nothing. What does it mean the woman of folly is loud? That means that it's all over. It's on TV. It's on billboards. It's in the stores. It's in the books. It's in the magazines. It's in Schools, it's everywhere. Everywhere around us there is a draw, a seductive draw, a loud voice crying out for you to choose folly. When I was in high school, I had a uh, driver's education teacher who was... I'm sure he was a fine teacher, but there was something that was happening in the late 1970s. Seatbelts were becoming a thing. I don't know if you guys know this, but when cars were built in the 50s and 60s, we all thought seatbelts were what you pushed into the seat and never wore. Nobody wore a seatbelt. Do you know what a seatbelt for a kid was in the front seat? Dad's arm. You know, you'd hit the brakes. Up goes dad's arm. And, and the kid is standing there on the seat next to him. That was seatbelts when I was growing up. And when seatbelt laws came into effect in the late 70s and early 80s, my driver's ed teacher said, seatbelts are stupid because if your car catches fire, you can't get out. Folly. And yet, all those kids went home and listened to them. I actually promoted that little message for a little while in my life. Dude, you could burn up. Better get that seatbelt off. She's loud. She's seductive. She sits at the door of her house and she takes a seat on the highest places in town. The arrogance of folly is that it's crying out, thinking it's offering something good, even though it doesn't care at all who dies, who's hurt. There's no love whatsoever, and she's got a seat in the highest places, which means she's fighting for your affections at the same time that wisdom is fighting for your affections, fighting for your response. So there are these two voices that are coming at you constantly, and one of them is saying, choose God choose following God choose his wisdom and another voice that's saying forget that it's more fun over here It's there's more life over here it's easier to do this in verse 15 it says calling to those who pass by who are going straight on their way that means as people are passing by her come on try this come on do this you'll be happy No one's watching. Those stuffy old rules you heard about, they're not important. And all of a sudden, you're at work and the guys at work are saying, let's go out after work. You're not going home to the ball and chain, are you? And I'm talking about what I know. I worked in construction. Marriages ruined as guys invested in making their buddies happy more than being intimate with their wives. Come on. No one's watching. Come follow me. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. To him who lacks sense, she says... And this is the lie that is told, stolen water is sweet and bread that is eaten in secret is pleasant. What does that mean? That means you're going to be, have a much more exciting life if you live on the edge, if you're cutting corners, if you cheating cheating, stealing. It's more fun to be doing something that's wrong than it is to do what's right. And it's a lie from the gates of hell and people have been following it. Stolen water is sweet. What does it result in? But he does not know that the dead are there and her guests are in the depths of Sheol. He doesn't know that the dead are there and her guests are the depths of Sheol. She's inviting people in to the place where we die. The place that our relationships die. The place that our relationship with God is, thanks be to God for redemption. Because we've all found ourselves in the place of being unwise, in the place that we've chosen to do the thing that would hurt us, and yet God redeems and restores in the power of Jesus Christ. But today, we as Christians can choose Wisdom. We don't have to keep sinning that grace may abound. Because in sin is the death of all the things that we love. Choosing to disregard God is choosing to disregard life. And some of you will go from here and choose death. In 1985, I am now working downtown, driving, and car seats have now become a thing. Children never had car seats when I was a child. It wasn't a thing. And now car seats are a thing and kids are supposed to be buckled in. So when I was a young kid, we had a Ford LTD and my sister was in the window sleeping. Two sisters were on the chair sleeping. No Seatbelts were pushed into the seat. And my brother and I slept on the floor. And my baby brother was up front with mom. And we're all sleeping and trusting my dad to drive 48 hours on about three hours of sleep. Which he did. We all arrived safe. Never occurred to us that we weren't safe. In 1985, I'm driving into the city and I see a kid playing in the back of the car, not buckled in. And I'm like, the police need to catch that guy. That's just wrong. What shifted? There was a mother who lost a child, who talked to Congress and said, we need to do something. Kids are dying. And they did something, and it was wisdom. The problem is, is that with each new sign, a percentage of us ignore the sign. With each sign that says, Thou shalt not lie. Thou shalt not cheat. Thou shalt not commit adultery. People go through with blinders on and say, I know better than God. I know what's best for me. And they hurt themselves. Thanks be to God for redemption. Throughout the book of Proverbs, there are two feasts being offered. The feast of the wise... And you're being invited to that feast. The feast of the scoffer. And you're being invited to that feast. The question is, who are you going to listen to? Today I'm encouraging you to fear the Lord and to obey him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for redemption. We are like sheep who go astray and turn each one to his own way. We trust our own wisdom often and we ignore yours. And this indeed is the human condition, but you have not left us there. You have sent wisdom ultimately in the form of your Son, who has cried from the mountaintops for us to respond and to trust. Father, I pray today people would turn from folly and choose to be wise. In Jesus' name, amen.